Welcome to QWERTY Writing Life Podcast, where we have candid chats about our creative lives. This is May. And I'm Joy. For more information about our podcast, monthly newsletter, or author resource series, visit us at QWERTYWritingLife.com. That's QWERTY, spelled Q-W-E-R-T-Y. It's the first six letters on your keyboard. So, are you ready? Grab your tea. Or your coffee. And let's chat. That kind of does lead directly into what we're doing here, right? Because it's this new beginning. Um, we're, I'm cleaning out a house and, and you're thinking about like what's, what's going to happen and what's the right path for you with publications and your creative life and stuff. And that's really what we, we wanted to focus on tonight is a, this creative approach to beginning. <laughs> And when we thought about our first episode of the new year, we thought like of our past episodes and discussions that we've had about this too, because we have to consider consider that the older that this podcast gets, this is the third season we've had New Year's. So here we go. (laughs) The third time we've had New Year's. So here we go again, right? And we didn't want to just regurgitate something that we've already talked about in the past. So you're welcome to go back to our other New Year's and New Beginnings and Goals podcast episodes and listen to those. They are still relevant. They're evergreen. And we are adding to that collection today. So we love our Goals podcasts, and we've discussed those in great details in the past. In fact, we even have like a fun Goals PDF that you can get for free when you subscribe to our monthly newsletter at QWERTYWritingLife.com. And the link's going to be in the show notes, so you don't have to remember that. But you could if you wanted to. Uh, This year, though, we wanted to take a different approach to consider beginnings as they relate to our creative lives. So new beginnings aren't separate from the past with its lessons, its triumphs, and its mistakes or failures even. They kind of go hand in hand. New beginnings must learn from the past to try to shut it off is really to stifle our growth. Um, a thought that came to mind or a saying that came to mind was those who don't study history are doomed to repeat it. (laughs) Well, this applies to our lives as well, whether it be our personal lives or our creative lives and the, the professional things that we do, the creative professional things we do, whatever the case may be, we have to be able to learn from things, um, just so that we don't repeat the same mistakes. So with these thoughts in our mind, um, each of us kind of had a favorite quote that we just wanted to share with y'all just for fun about new beginnings. And mine comes from L.M. Montgomery, Lucy Montgomery, and she wrote in Anne of Green Gables. Well, I think this was one of the later books, but anyway. Isn't it nice to think that tomorrow is a new day with no mistakes in it yet? And that comes from Miss Shirley, who we all love. Mm -hmm. It's a comforting quote, and I, I do love it. Thank you for sharing that one. (laughs) So mine comes from Maya Angelou, and it is, this is a wonderful day. I've never seen this one before. It just kind of highlights the possibilities that can come from living the day as it is. That's so sweet. I love that. Yeah. So with these favorite quotes placed at the front of our thoughts today, uh, let's consider these questions. How can we practice moving past our mistakes? Um, that's that's a big one. <laughs> yeah. 
And I feel like it sometimes takes a lifetime for us to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can identify what we've learned from the mistakes and apply it to daily life as we move forward. So if you've heard of Marie Kondo, <laughs> so I kind of adore her. I watched her show and uh, and I also read her books. We got to a part where we we parted ways whenever she told me I had to get rid of books, but I'll have to I'll have to deal we, with that later. We don't do that here. <laughs> <laughs> but I have used her concept in order to help declutter parts of my house and to keep them decluttered, like the pantry and the shirt drawer and things like that. Um, and if you don't, if you're not familiar with Marie Kondo, she kind of has coined the term uh, like it does it spark joy. And so. If you are holding a shirt that doesn't fit you anymore and uh, and it doesn't spark joy, then what you do is, is you say, like, thank you, shirt, for bringing me joy and at the time that I was wearing you or I bought you or something like that. And then you put it into the garbage bag that's going to go to the Salvation Army or some other some other way of getting rid of the idea of getting it out of your house. And I, I love that idea of being thankful for the things that you have have had in the past that you have made and the decisions that you have have garnered over the (laughs) the span of your lifetime and right or wrong being able to say yes I'd like to keep this and, and for to be a better person for that and to keep that in my house or thank you for teaching me this lesson putting it in the bag and taking it away So with this new approach to learning from the past, as we move forward into a new beginning, we came up with our own quotes to share with with you. But I hope that I hope that that Marie Kondo, we can take that and just kind of apply it to our personal lives instead of just like our household, that it can share um, a little bit of insight with you as well. So my quote that I made (laughs) is because we are writers after all. is it, it comes from a place of um, of personal experience. So my quote is, the most humbling and true changes in life come from suffering. Yeah. That's good. And, you know, I do think that it, that it's important to think in terms of being thankful, even for mm-hmm. whatever it is in the past, whether it be something like suffering, whether it be something like that we consider a failure, whether it be business-wise, personal, whatever, um, I think that it's important to be thankful for those things because they're part of us. Mm -hmm. And if we don't stop to be thankful for it, then we're missing out on some juicy little nuggets. So with that all in mind, here is my quote. Weakness in our eyes is the opportunity for us to show our creator's strength. And it's really funny because I wrote this sentence a while ago, but I just finished reading a fantastic book by Abigail Dodds. It's called, and actually I have it right here so I can hold it up. It's called Atypical Woman, Free, Whole, and Called in Christ. And the thing, it was just so funny to me as I was reading back over this sentence that I wrote. And she talked a lot about this, about the importance of and freedom in embracing our weakness, because when we embrace the fact that, hey, we can't do it all and we're going to mess up, um, we're just more so relying on Christ's strength. Um, And so 
Anyway, I just thought it was neat to come back to this sentence after having read this book and just finished it. So I think sometimes we tend to display a lack of appreciation for the things we go through. We want to get away from these mistakes. We want to get away from the suffering or whatever it is as fast as possible. But sometimes we move them too quickly to the background before we have a chance to uncover why we were in the place we were in and how we can evolve from that experience. The saying that comes to mind is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. <laughs> that, that came to my mind. <laughs> Yes, and um, and so there there have been a lot of repetitive um, loss in 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 my story. Like that's that's a part of who I am. Just like a, just a lot of loss, 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 loss. And if it wasn't if it wasn't for Christ and like in Him being able to provide the comfort and the peace and and also for Him showing me how I can grow as a person from these losses. You know, if I just kept staying in that state of where I was um, in in just tremendous grief and sadness, if I kept staying there, then there's no way, no way that I could have been an effective mom, that I could have been an effective employee, that I could be an effective. Um, an effective family member, an effective believer, um, I would just be so stagnant and so in such sadness that no one would want to be around me. I wouldn't want to be around myself. <laughs> and, uh, and so there can be, there can be this enlightenment through suffering. And, and it can also happen through, um, through contentment and happiness and the, those things too. But more often than not, I believe that Suffering is where we learn some really, really deep, hard lessons and that they really grow deep roots inside of us as well. And that we grow spiritually um, closer to to our God, our creator, you know, our, our strength and our weaknesses, because we know we know when those things get so, so hard that we are not strong enough. Yeah. So true. Well, and I, I do think it's important, though, to note that we may not notice the lessons the first mm -hmm. time around. You know, we don't always take whether sometimes it's because we don't stop and do what we're talking about here to like, you know, take a moment to examine and, and see what what can we learn from this? What can we, you know, what little gem of goodness can we take moving forward from this horribly dark moment in time, whether it be grief or loss, or whether it be a failure of, you know, in, in the business world, or whatever it is that we're talking about. So either we didn't take that time to do that and examine it and think it through, or it just didn't sink in. We just didn't fully learn the lesson. And I think that that happens often. So to think that we would never have to relearn a lesson, I think. Well, a bit of hubris. There, it is. I, I was actually. I was going <laughs> to say that. Yeah, and it also it takes away the fact that we're human. Mm. You know. So. Yeah. yeah, that's part of it too. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I think it's important that we remember that <laughs> and we don't place 
an expectation on ourselves that maybe isn't realistic, that maybe we're not going to learn something the first yeah. go round. Yeah. And also our climb up the mountain is not necessarily going to be a straight line. So we're going to have to, to dodge some crevices and go around a cave and we're going to have to do these things, you know, that we don't want to do. And that doesn't necessarily look like we're getting to the place that we want to be, but, um, that's where perseverance, perseverance and, um, and knowledge of yourself comes into play too. Yeah. And, and also like your faith as well. Mm-hmm. So true. I agree. There's a way to take the negative um, things and to, to spin it, to produce a positive outcome from it. And I don't even know if like spin it is the right, right way to handle it. Like if you're going through these things, um, there's, there's always going to be an aspect of, of something good coming from these dark places. And we just have to be able to, to recognize it, to notice it and to be able to say, Hmm, okay, I see you, you know, like, and if you are, if you're just surrounding yourself in the dark and you're not looking specifically for that positive outcome, then you're not going to find it. I mean, just to, just to be kind of blunt about that, you're just not going to find it. So that's where, that's where your mindset comes into. And, um, and a lot of that, I think a lot of that comes with, um, knowledge of yourself and also with faith too. So we just have to take a moment to examine those negative things and to unpack them and to to understand them a little bit more and to identify the positive things that we can learn and how we can grow from them. So on a, on a creative level, um, stepping outside of the personal level for a moment, (laughs) but, but on a creative level, I can definitely see where I made a bit of a mistake. Um, now I can tell you that my, my poetry book has been very well received and I've had, it's done exactly what I wanted it to do. So there have been people who have come to me, uh, who have emailed me and who have texted me and talk to me face to face to tell me that the the reaction of the poetry book for the people who are grieving in their lives or for them personally. And that is exactly what I wanted to happen. I wanted people to not feel alone and be able to know that there are people who they can come to and talk to. And, uh, and, and also the book has been, um, a sense it has been a companion for, for people who are grieving too. Even if you don't want to talk about it, you still have, you still have that piece. It was written by a human who've been feeling these things. Right. <clears throat> and so, um, one person particularly to, to, to kind of share how that community thing works <laughs> without actually being in touch with an author. Um, she told me that, um, her mother who had just lost, um, someone when she needed to cry, she would pick up the poetry book and she would read. And that's how she would start the, the process <laughs> of, she knew that she needed an emotional expelling. <laughs> so, um, so she used the book as a con, you know, as, as a, instigator to do that. Um, another person who told, who had lost quite a few people in her life too. She's an older woman, um, told me that she was so thankful that I was able to express these things and that in, in her life and she's, she writes too. Um, but 
she writes a, a different kind of thing. So <laughs> she writes more nonfiction stuff. But um, she said that there were emotions that she read in the poetry that she did not recognize when she was going through and had not recognized that she went through them until she read the poetry. And there was some healing there as well as, as an elderly woman. And I was like, oh, wow. And isn't that interesting? <laughs> you know. So she made me cry a little. <laughs> and uh, and she just held my hand and, like, hugged me. And she, she touched my cheeks. <laughs> she was telling me this. So, um, so that's just a, a couple of stories. Um, another lady was gifted the book. And um, she had lost her husband. And when she read it, she ended up buying three more copies for three other people who had lost people uh, that she knew. And so it's, that's how the community could work. Even without being in direct contact with, with somebody, you can, you can share and you can, you can heal altogether um, or you can grieve altogether, which is also kind of a healing thing too. But, but I I didn't want, you know, so I am, grateful on how the book is being received and and how the word is getting out there but I really had a a pretty large marketing plan (laughs) that was (laughs) involved in the uh, in the launch of the book and everything and what I discovered is is that the bigger the plan the bigger the plan the grander the idea the longer the time it takes you to do it. And <laughs> so um, what I found was, is that I was so overwhelmed with the whole idea, the marketing plan idea, because it was so grand that I ended up procrastinating and not fulfilling that, uh, that project at all, like the marketing side of the project at all. Um, and that's not cool. Right. So, and I also was getting like these little tidbits of, of, um, a feedback on the book too. And so I was like, this is doing what I want it to do, just how it is. That's great. And I didn't, I didn't like piece together that by just being okay with the responses that I was getting was actually negating the plans and the, the ability to share the book in a wider range and to have more than just my, you know, my immediate community benefiting from the book. But I could have reached out even more and maybe even helped a lot more people through the holiday season, particularly. Um, but I didn't, I didn't do it. So, um, so that's a way where I failed and I failed big because there might be somebody who needed it. There might've been somebody who was grieving and who needed it. And I failed that person, you know, <clears throat> but in the same way, in the same way, what I've learned is, that a simpler plan, something that is um, pretty specific and small and obtainable is probably a better idea for me than this big, grand, large, overwhelming thing. <laughs> so as um, as work piles in and as being a mom piles on top of it, and then they are doing different sports and things now too, and there are things that just need to be handled. And those are things that I do not want to skimp on either. So, but doing something, uh, planning something that's small, obtainable, a little bit more easy, and maybe even involves ads or something like that. 
that um, might might be a little bit more costly, but would benefit the book in a way that even all of the planned social media posts and stuff won't necessarily be able to benefit um, them with. I could, um, I could, that has a better chance of being a project that has finished and is stamped done at the end of it than this big, broad, overwhelming thing. So as I roll into 2022 and look at Grief Like a River and anything else that I'm going to be writing and publishing this year, I definitely will simplify my marketing plan. I will look into some some paid advertisement as well. But 2022 is going to be a lot more simple. 2022 is going to be about, um, is going to be about not just surviving, but thriving, maybe. I don't know. That's what I got so far, though. I like it. That's, that's great. And I think that even though I know that you feel that disappointment in yourself, because I've been there, like I felt Mm -hmm. that like with myself, um, marketing is a huge thing. And I think that you're right. Like, I think sometimes we have these huge uh, plans and it just gets overwhelming. So even though you feel that disappointment, I think it's fantastic what you've learned and what you plan to do differently and how you're even just seeing the whole concept of marketing and um, the aspect of sharing your book in a completely different light than you would have had you not you know, made this big plan and not quite accomplished all of it. So I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, failure is our greatest teacher, is it not? That's true. It can be if we let it. And I think that that's the point here is allowing it to do that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So I could wallow. And I'm great at wallowing. I'm such a good wallower. Me too. (laughs) Just, you know, like a pig in slop. (laughs) I can do it. I can do that. Or I can, um, I can find a way to make it better. Yeah, for sure. So I think for me, the thing that kind of um, jumped out as I looked back over the year was uh, right after uh, Hurricane Ida, um, we we were out of power for a week. And then there was an additional week after that where we still didn't have internet. <clears throat> and I was a little hot <laughs> with the poor internet people. Um, I might have been a little bit rude <laughs> in a couple of places with a couple of people. <clears throat> Sorry, not sorry, but (laughs) I got to speak with one of the managers who happened to be out at a neighbor's house as I was waiting for them to come and do something to my house. And, you know, from my perspective, there's a truck right there. There's my house right there. I can tell you what's wrong. This is all you have to do. And anyway, to, to my mind, it seemed very simple, but the man was very nice. And he explained a lot of things to me. And one of the things that he said was, this particular company um, has kind of shot up into the top three within the last couple of years. And they grew way faster than they expected to. So if you've ever had a business or known someone who's a business person, I mean, that in itself is a huge thing. When you grow so much faster than you expect, there are going to be growing pains, right? And what he said was that they didn't have a plan in place for a natural disaster like this. Now, 
my original and initial reaction to that statement was, well, you serve people all along the Gulf Coast. There's going to be a bunch of natural disasters. So you kind of needed to have a plan in place. I don't think I said that out loud, (laughs) but that's what I was thinking. (laughs) But as I was reflecting on this conversation with this gentleman, I realized that I was guilty of the same exact thing. So I had three. Yeah. It was like, Ooh, yeah. I do that all the time. My pride gets hurt so bad when like I'm, I'm judgmental or I, you know, blame somebody for something. It ends up not being that person's fault and stuff. I'm like, Oh, ow. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> so I kind of had three huge life-shaking aspects that merged together to form a perfect storm in my <laughs> world this, the end of this past year. Now, while I hope never to repeat such a wretched trifecta, <laughs> I know as a professional businesswoman, I have to prepare for another perfect storm. So I have to adapt. Um, and as I, as it sunk in that, hey, I didn't have a plan in place either, um, I have started to think about ways that I can have a plan in place for the things that I know probably will arise or might arise or whatever. Um, And a couple of things that I've thought through and that are part of that plan is to keep my deadlines a little closer to the vest. You know, like I had let everybody know October 2nd was going to be the release for every good thing. And clearly October 2nd is well in the rear view mirror at this point. Um, And so that's one of the things just to kind of keep that a little bit tighter until I know 100% that we're going to make it. Um, Also, rethinking deadlines that I placed for myself during the height of hurricane season, which honestly is kind of hard because that's four months out of the year for us, (laughs) at least. (laughs) So there's going to have to be a little wiggle room there, but I'm rethinking that in some form or fashion. And also, um, another thing is to check in on better or alternative power and internet options that might come in the future. Those are things that I'm just going to have to keep my eyes and ears open for. Um, And then just adding more time beyond the current buffers that I already place on deadlines um, in understanding that, you know, there could potentially be another perfect storm. And in that case, that one week buffer isn't going to cut it. So that's kind of what I have as my personal example from a failure from this past year that I'm trying to learn from as we move into 2022. And I don't know, but I feel like this probably leads us pretty well into our QWERTY challenge. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, of course, we always look at our successes and we're like, yeah, that was great. And sometimes our successes are, you know, uh, maybe they're a perfect storm of, of things that happened and, and we have to pull those apart. But just being able to to look at the things that we consider our failures and being able to pull those apart too and, and letting those kind of seep into us and become and become a part of who we are, that I think that kind of takes some big cojones to do that. <laughs> so, so. Kudos to you for doing that, by the way. And uh, I just, I just think it's super important. And so that is 
pretty much our QWERTY challenge. We encourage you to take some time here at the start of the year, at this new beginning, and take a creative approach to it. Instead, us had some time to examine the negative and to unpack the positive. What might have gone wrong this past year? Don't run from it or fling it far and fast across the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> spend a little time with it to unpack it and then spin it into a positive that you can implement moving forward in your creative endeavors. I love it. So let us know how it goes. Let us know what you've learned and how you're approaching this new year maybe differently than you have in the past. Yes. So have a great week. And go make something. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. We hope this episode encouraged you. Like all creatives, we thrive on consumer recommendations. So please consider leaving us a review and sharing our podcast with your creative friends. If you'd like to continue this conversation, visit us on our website at QWERTYWritingLife.com or on Instagram at QWERTYWritingLife.